Well, Ulysses, the Rule 5 deadline has come and gone, and the Rays have made some additions to their 40-man roster with that. Additions and subtractions and awards have been handed out. Let's talk about it right now. You are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sombrano. And we are the host of the Locked On Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making us your very first listen every day. Be sure to check out and subscribe to that YouTube channel of ours at Locked On Rays. You can also find us on X and Instagram at Locked On Rays and email us anytime. We love the mailbag questions, comments, concerns, hot takes. LockedOnRays at gmail.com. Well, Ulysses, as you mentioned, the Rays have added two prospects to their roster and then dropped two pitchers. And for those who haven't heard already, uh, Yoniel Curet, I hope I'm pronouncing that somewhat correctly, minor league pitcher of the year for his work at the Class A level, was added to the 40-man. And then this is, I suppose, a long time coming. Austin Shenton finally being added to the 40 man and zero sum game. That is uh, the roster restructuring. That is uh, Cooper Criswell and Calvin Fauche, your buddy uh, were dropped off the list. So interesting uh, add-ons for uh, the rule five, um, you know, adding the guys to protect them from the rule five, because there's been a lot of other names thrown out there, but at the end of the day, it was only those two. Yeah, and so let's talk about the guys that are leaving first, I think. Um, Cooper Criswell, he he had a role, mop yeah. up. Can you, can you, hey, we need four innings. Can you do that for us? Oh, hey, we need another five here. Hey, we're, we're not going to call you until three months from now. Are you, you know, that's his role. He did that exactly how you expected. So he, he was an odd man out. And as for Fauche, I'm really... I was right, um, and I, I I hate that my <laughs> my great meme that I made yes. uh, is no longer going to be used because I I spent a good three minutes making it, and now I won't be able to use it anymore. Well, there might be another organization that claims him, picks him up. You know, if it's the Twins, the Reds, the White Sox, whoever, and maybe the locked on podcast for that respective franchise can purchase it or utilize it from you uh if you're you're nice enough so maybe it does have some utility going forward is can can their royalties be done through memes because i'm in buddy i mean i I know we're not uh some lawyer or lawyer should be getting on that uh, to make that happen (laughs) yeah exactly no but look trademarks i'm a meme trademark lawyer i make copyrighted figures yeah, TM it. Uh, they both had a role. Uh, I think it's it was the and the writing was on the wall with both of them. I mean, look, you can talk about vertical break as much as you want. You can talk about stuff all you want. Oh, look at that, one hundred twenty-five stuff plus. That yeah. is all fine and dandy. Can you give me results? Can you give me results? And even if you're in the race organization and you have all the you know particulars that of like, oh man, this guy could be really good. At the end of the day, it's sports. You can't be judged. You can't be paid on like, 
well, if he keeps doing this, it, it it's right. going to happen. Like you got to give results there. Unless you're, unless you're a high draft pick or you were given a contract and the Rays have some sort of deep investment in you, then they can keep trying to go to the well to keep trying to fix the mistake and give an individual chance after chance after chance to make something happen. I'm glad you brought that up. You know, it's it's a good barometer for other sports out there where you look at a basketball player. Oh my gosh, look at his wingspan. Look at his athleticism. But if the skill set and the athleticism and the the overall package and ability doesn't translate to results on the court, you, you just got an athletic dude that can't play ball. Yeah, I and mean, there's a lot of people out there. There are a lot. I mean, there are people out there that are that are maybe as or more athletic than professional athletes, but they don't have the skill set to to make it work or the between the ears um, component either. You you've got to have tools in the beginning, right? Can you have tools? And and a lot of dudes have that, but then you have to show it on the field. Like you can't just be fast and be like, oh well, you you can play shortstop. Well, no, not that doesn't work that way. Oh, he's agile. Oh, he could be a middle of the infield. I mean, just not to, not to pick out anybody, but you know that has been the issue with Greg Jones, for example. Right. There, a lot of tools, a lot of tools, a lot of tools. But have they translated enough in in into the baseball field yet for results? Not necessarily, yeah. at least not offensively. Um, so, with these guys, you say goodbye to Chris Will and Foshe. I I. I don't doubt that being raised pitchers, they're actually going to get more looks uh, than other guys that had their results just because they have that cachet of being raised pitchers. Right. So I wouldn't be surprised if they get picked yeah, up. Yeah, it's like, well, uh, the race saw something in them. Maybe we can kind of tap into that and find something as well. Maybe they just had a, a rocky moment here or there, and maybe they can fix it with this new organization. But yeah, it's one of those things like, for example, a quarterback, great arm strength, but he's got terrible accuracy. There or he holds on to the ball too long. That's a problem. That's that's trouble for you there. So, um, so yeah, good uh, good summary on the pitchers that were dropped off. Uh, we have a little discussion on the additions to the 40-man. But first, we have to tell you this. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel. They are America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's a... 150 buckaroos if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, uh, why wait? There's no better time to get in on the action than this very moment. The app is incredibly, incredibly easy to use. And there's a wide range of betting options such as spreads, player props, over-unders, and more and more and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N to kick off the NFL season. I'll repeat it again. FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, they are the official partner of the NFL. All right, so getting into Austin Shinton and Yoniel Curet. Um, Shinton, it's amazing. When I heard the news that he was added to the 40-man, I thought, wow, he has been in the organization for quite some time now. Believe it, it was essentially four years ago, uh, or three years ago. Uh, I'm losing track of time. July-ish of 2021. It's He's been around the block for a little yeah. bit in that uh, since that JT Chagua trade, and I know there's been some 
issues with injury and inconsistency, but it's good to see a guy that showcases and performs at double A AA and triple A. I mean, the numbers speak for themselves as far as a 300 plus batting average, 29 home runs, 99 RBIs, um, basically a thousand OPS. There's not really more you can show or, or do to, to get that opportunity. And and I'll say this also about Austin Shinton and Curette. Um, it, it's why we can't just be a slave to uh, the prospect rankings because entering the season, according to fan graphs, uh, Curette and Shinton were ranked the 32nd and 41st prospects, not in baseball, but on the Rays organization. I know other athletes had them like in the twenties. Um, so, uh, I, I just wanted to put that out there as, as food for thought. And then as far as Curette goes, um, he really only pitched an A ball, uh, this past year, but, uh, according to, I mean, the numbers are very, very impressive, uh, strikeout ERA, all that. Um, but I think it's his, uh, elite high intensity fastball that, uh, has the race salivating and they didn't want another organization to, to come in and, and swoop him up before he realizes his full potential. I think Shenton of the two is was the least surprising. We talked about it on our episode as we agreed that he should be uh, protected in, in in this round, and yeah. he was. Look, I don't think you when you have thirty homer power in one hundred thirty something games, a thousand OPS. Like when people say like, "Oh, can you look at this prospect? Should should he help the Rays?" And, and you know, throughout the season, we get those questions on mailbags. Why haven't they gotten this opportunity? This is the type of numbers you have to put up to even be recognized. Yeah. Like, yeah. like you have to be above and beyond the competition so far ahead of them that they look at you. Because, again, your numbers are going to take such a dent once you get to face Major League Pitching and, like, Major League World right. and all of the culture shock that that involves that you really have to be – not a step up above, but yeah. like seven steps above. Right. No, that's a great point. And it's one of those cases too, which by the way, just for fun sakes, uh, before the season in the fan graph rankings, Shinton was sandwiched between Chandler Simpson and Alexander Alberto as the top prospects in the Rays organization. And we had talked about this before, you know, stuff, ability, athleticism, talent. I mean, Shenton has that as a professional baseball player for sure. But if you read his scouting reports, it'll say, oh, he he's stiff. He can't play third base. He's going to just move to first base. He's thick. Um, but the he performed and he exhibited that. I, I just like to see that a guy that put up those types of numbers gets at least a shot, an yes. opportunity. And a, a well-earned promotion, if you will. I mean, not it's it's very rare to to even be on a forty-man roster, and it, it's it's also good to you know maybe the Rays see him as he's getting there, he's finally healthy, and uh, adds another component as a lefty bat, and um, that they, they might see something in him, uh, proprietary internally beyond the public-facing numbers that say, yeah, uh, other other. Uh, prospect websites, they've got them way too low. We love this kid. Absolutely. And we know that they have, you know, their own way of looking at things with their own um, proprietary data and information. But, you know, thinking about this while we're talking, one of the things that kind of was uh, shocking in the 2023 season was the dealing of Kyle Mazzardo. 
the first base prospect who is killing it with the Guardians and and Fall League and all that. Hope everything turns out well for him. But could there have been some speculation of, look, we got this kid, Austin Shenton, who also can play first yeah. base. Yeah, he might not um, have all the qualities and, 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 and skill set that Kyle Mazzardo can bring us, but at least he does give us something that Kyle doesn't, which is versatility. Plug him yeah. in at first, plug him in at third. Um, probably around the same power, maybe a little bit more on Shenton's side, maybe yeah. less agility. So, I mean, you just do that that math equation, and then you're like, okay, we, we can deal Kyle Manzardo if we're going to get a controllable right. pitcher like Savale. And maybe it's to- one of those things, too, where, like you uh, alluded to, where if it's more or less, and I'm sure they've got a database and they they're looking at every nook and cranny, but... They say, at this moment, we more or less equal Manzardo and Shinton, but Manzardo is such a fast riser in the prospect rankings in that world that he can command an Aaron Savali, where Austin Shinton straight up won't command exactly. that. So it's all part of the the value and the math in the equation that, that goes into all that. Now, um, as far as non-ads, um, some names that people maybe have thought were surprising, uh, Anthony Molina, Ian Seymour, Cole Wilcox, Willie Vasquez, Roberto Hernandez, Cameron Meisner, any out of that group that you are just mortified that weren't added. And I, I should mention this too, Logan Driscoll. So something tells me that with trading Blake Hunt, not adding Logan Driscoll, maybe they are just confident that um, another organization isn't going to scoop up uh him or one of those other guys, but uh, they're going to be, I would imagine, shopping for a catcher or two. Uh, because as it stands, you got Pinto, and I guess you'd have Mejia on a minor league deal. So, uh, trade free agency. I don't know if you're signing Mitch Garver or, or they've got something, something in the cards to to make a maneuver there. Well, you know, I I wouldn't say I was shocked by the people that were left out. Um, but I, I think it does. I, I agree with you. It does kind of point in the direction that if you're not really uh, protecting Logan Driscoll and you're trading away Blake Hunt, that you are looking for a catcher. Which obviously, you know, that was that was an area of need in 2023. Yeah. Um, I know that they trust Pinto, but you have to pair him up with somebody. You know, you have uh, to have a backup. You can't just rely on one guy. Uh, for the entirety of the season. And really, it's you almost need three, four, five guys that you'd be comfortable filling in on. And maybe, again, it's an Austin Jackson type. I I don't want to get my hopes up and, and say uh, a name, a recognizable name. No, no, no. no. Fun, that would be exciting. But they're, they're going to have to they're going to have to fill some role there with somebody. Yes, they're going to. Uh, somebody's going to be brought in. Then there's going to be a competition between that new person, Logan Driscoll and, and Jackson. Uh, but I will say this, maybe not, I wasn't shocked about the names that were left off. I was more shocked about Joniel Curet, who was, uh, protected because yes, although he was the race, uh, minor league pitcher, like you mentioned, his whole 2023 season was in a ball. And I know he was then, uh, in high a in Bowling Green for around 22 innings, but the results weren't really that good in, in high A. I mean, basically in 22 innings, he had almost as many walks as innings pitched. Um, he had a 450-plus ERA. So, like, 
you know, the first step up that he did, the results weren't there, which is fine. He's right. only 21 years old. Like there's plenty of time to develop and he's in the Rays organization. These are all good things. He's got the stuff, like you said, but it just, it's amazing that a guy that young and that low in the totem pole would get protected. This only speaks to, like you said, the prop- proprietary uh, information, the database, that, that thing yeah. must love what Correa's stuff is because to use a 40-man protection um, on, on a guy who's hasn't been pitching above high A, it's it's unreal, honestly. Yeah, it, it really is. And yeah, it was kind of a little bit of night and day between uh, low A and yeah. high A. And, and I think it's also a thing of, I mean, I remember when Greg Jones was added to the 40-man. I don't know how, if his numbers were salivating um i know they haven't been since but it it could be a case of this guy is so young and so green the tools are so good that we have enough time to refine it and we really see a big jump between his 2023 season and 2024 season where you're seeing guys get moved up quicker and quicker for one reason or the other so maybe it's a case of they have some intention on him either pitching in the very high minors or at the majors uh, sometime this, this upcoming season. And and with pitchers, definitely. I mean, you, you, you can strike out a major league pitcher, even if you're a wild 21 year old. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that, that, that makes sense, but still it, it, it just, it, it was a, a, a name that really yeah. did uh, impact. I didn't have him on my bingo card, quite frankly. No. I, I may have had Austin Shenton. I may have had Logan Driscoll. I may have had like an Ian Seymour. Um, you know, some of the, more of the familiar characters that we've heard. Anybody who tells you that they had Correa in their in their bingo card is a liar. Yeah, is a liar. Um, exactly. Yeah. Um, and for the record, I mean, this was already done previously and retroactively. But Jacob Lopez is a part of the forty man roster, mm-hmm. and of course, um, Junior Caminero as well. So. Um, Young guys, part of the group. All right, so there it is for uh, some of the Rule 5 information. I'll, I'll be curious to see if the Rays, when the Rule 5 draft comes and goes, if they'll add somebody from another team. Uh, that remains to be seen. Um, also this week, uh, it is uh, award season and seemingly awards week. Over the span of a couple of days, we've seen uh, rookie of the year get handed out. We've seen manager of the year get handed out. We've seen Cy Young get handed out. We're going to see MVP get handed out. Maybe Yandy Diaz can finish in the top five for the first time or for being the first player in race history to be able to do that. I believe Evan Longoria finished sixth previously. So uh, things to to watch out and look out for there, I guess, uh, most notably, uh, Kevin Cash was third in the manager of the year voting. So it kind of aligned how we expected where Brandon Hyde would win it. Bruce Bochy would uh, be the runner up and then Kevin Cash in third. And then also, um, interestingly, uh, our buddy, our friend. Oh, man, we. We have some thoughts on him. Uh, Blake Snell won his second Cy Young. Uh in the big leagues, in the National League, one of very few players in Major League history to win a Cy Young in both the American and National League in, what, four or five years apart since his first one was won. 
in Tampa Bay and good timing for him because I believe he's a free agent as well. Yeah. Uh, a lot to unpack there um, with all those awards. First, let's, let's show the, how the manager of the year um, voting came in. I, you know, I think we, we both agreed that Brandon Hyde was going to run away with it. Yeah. Um, I didn't see Bruce Bochy getting second, but it was a close uh, call between 61 mm-hmm. points and 52 for, for cash. So that actually makes it the the fifth time out of six years where cash is in the top three of the manager of the year award. So very good for him. That is awesome. This guy um, is, I think under his last year of his guaranteed contract, mm-hmm. talking about Kevin cash. And then I think the race have an option on him for 2025. Seeing a guy that is perpetually in the top three manager of the year award. Yeah. Uh, Craig council just got P a I D D D. So <laughs> he's making more than basically every race player. I mean, $8 million per year. So for he's making Yandy Diaz money as manager. So what do you do if you're Kevin cash and you're, I mean, what are you thinking right now? Are you thinking a, I love, I love being home with my family. Uh, The Rays are a great organization. I am incredibly comfortable. I I like jogging in St. Pete before, uh, before game time. I'm comfortable. Or are you looking at that saying, hmm, if Council can get eight and he's never been to a World Series, mm-hmm. what can I get in a couple yeah. of years? I would think up there at eight, I mean, that's setting the new market just like, I mean, football players and baseball players and basketball players where a quarterback gets a $400 million deal. Okay, that's the market now for what you quarterback so as one of if not the best manager in all of baseball um by various metrics i would say yeah i i want you know six to eight million dollars aav and and i guess the question is would the race pay that for a manager they say uh no our limit is like three or four um so it brings up an interesting point now with craig council you know um uprooting things to some extent uh if kevin cash will in fact be um the raise manager when uh the new stadium opens in st petersburg in 2028 i think i think that's a vi- i mean it's just something to ponder people yeah. i leave it in the, i want you to leave it in the comments do you think first of all that cash deserves eight million like council which i think he does yeah um and two if you think that the Rays would ever even come close to that because if they don't then what's their limit if five million dollars is their limit can cash look at himself and his family and be like okay five million is better than nine because we're here together and all that uprooted yada 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 i don't know something to consider uh for sure question do you think any manager is worth eight million dollars annually in today's game too high for the like the best manager in baseball what should they be making in your eyes? Is it in today's five million? Game, is it twelve million? In today's game, where they're handed the lineup card and they don't basically have a lot of in, independent thought as managers, maybe maybe they they have some independent thoughts in with the bullpen usage. But even yeah. then, like they are given the information of like, hey, it's this more guy's plug and with- play, and um, you know, uh, idiot proof, I guess. That, bad, Again, bad like, terminology, I- but you get my point. There's no, 
gut and i i know that for the 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 analytical people are just like melted brain right now but there's no gut feeling and when i mean gut feeling if you're a race fan and you say gut feeling is nothing what do you think about joe madden putting dan johnson in game 162 to hit mm-hmm. did it make sense yeah. in, the, in the in the numbers no it made absolutely no sense but you just have a little bit of touch you have a little bit of hmm I, I want this. This is going to be good for him. Like, this is a good spot. Like, there is no, I don't know when is the last time that Kevin Cash did a move like that, where he was like, no, no, this is me. I like, I, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling the game. I'm feeling the player. I'm, le- I'm leaving. No, he left Josh Lowe off the roster in game one in the lineup against a lefty. <laughs> Dude, that was killing lefties in September. Like, yeah. <laughs> Just because. So, no. To answer your question, no, I do not believe that a manager in this day and age should get $8 million because all they're doing is just passing the homework from the front office and then right. just putting it copying and pasting more or less. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting dynamic. Um, so we'll have to see what happens there. Um, now, as far as Blake Snell, again, congrats to him for winning his uh, second Cy Young. It's kind of crazy. I looked this up. So he has two Cy Youngs and only one all-star bid. I don't know how that happens but it does i guess uh 234 strikeouts and 180 uh innings pitched this season a major's best 225 era uh went 14 and 9 uh the seventh pitcher to win the prestigious award in both leagues that's awesome gaylord perry roger clemens pedro martinez randy johnson roy halliday and max scherzer um and i guess if you're a debbie downer and you like to look at things negatively you can say Oh boy, uh, that trade uh, yes. with the Padres back in the day. Uh, Luis Patino, no bueno. Francisco Mejia, somewhat bueno. Blake Hunt, I love Blake Hunt, but he's no longer part of the roster. And then uh, all our cards are now on Cole Wilcox to be a superstar. Who has a five ERA plus in his minor league career and has been riddled with injuries. Um, yeah, I think even if you're the most positive person on the planet and you're a race fan and you're still holding on to that, the Blake Snell, um, trade was a good idea. Jeez. I uh, wake up, wake up. And it's okay. Like the front, the race front office cannot be perfect because they are human beings. They're not stat points on a sheet. The race front office is comprised of men and women who think rationally, irrationally, and they try to look at the data as good as they can. And they're the best in the biz, but they're going to make mistakes. The Blake Snell trade was a mistake. And that's okay to say it. That's okay to say. And and then if you want to be like, oh, well, the money that they had already uh, uh, signed them to, that would have been really constricting to, to, to the race. They signed Tyler Glassa for $25 million. They're paying they're paying Manny Margot $10 million a year. Yeah, I really don't think the the money thing was such a big deal. I think it was, I guess there were question marks about his uh lingering or ongoing health, but I still have strong belief, and I guess I'd have to hear it from the horse's mouth, somebody within the organization, but just some bad blood and bad chemistry after the whole World Series game st- just and then Tommy Pham, uh, you know, some of the comments made, it just felt like it was going to be a bad fit, a bad marriage going forward. So they got what they could get, which at the time is like, hey, you got essentially four top 100 prospects. You got a guy that 
uh, has an injury history and uh, he's kind of being a malcontent, maybe. Um, let's kick this off. Let's make this move. Yeah. Yeah. And so that, and so it was done, but, uh, and I look, Mejia was, was great, uh, for the race for, for, for a while, for what he did, but the whole trade itself, you know, I, I think it would be really, um, you'd be a horse with blinders on if yeah. you think that, no, it, it, it was fine. It, it still, it still had merit. No, it, it, it doesn't have merit anymore. You can't win them all. I mean, Alabama football doesn't win every game, so things exactly. happen there for sure. <laughs> um, Blake Snell, uh, quick hitters here. Uh, does he win another Cy Young in his career? I think that would be very difficult. Uh, so I'm just going to go and err on the side of caution and say no. Does he sign a contract of at least $200 million in free agency this year? Ooh. That's a good question because if I if I value him at let's say twenty five per year, that would be eight years. I don't think so. Mm. I don't think. I think he's more in the in the um, Rodon move of like six one sixty, six one eighty, something like that. Mm. Does Carlos Rodon have two Cy Youngs though? No, he don't. No, he don't. But hey, one eighty for uh, six years is thirty million a season. Like that's hey. chunk of change. Managers are getting eight million dollars a year now. <laughs> yeah, except for cash. Yeah, except for except cash. For cash. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's gonna get. I think Boris is really gonna push hard for getting at least two hundred mil. So I'm gonna I, say I, over, I, or at. I'm gonna say hold or more than two hundred million dollars. Okay, let's do that. Okay, I'm going on. I'm going under just because I think the whole five inning and dive thing is going to, uh, and the walk thing is going to, to yeah. be a detriment for him. We'll see. It'll be interesting yeah. to see how that shakes out as well. All right, uh, put it up in the comments too. What you think uh, Blake Snell will earn in free agency, and if you think he'll win another Cy Young, I'd like to see those uh, comments and takes as well. In the meantime, hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe, and we will talk to you tomorrow.